Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Following the demise of the cultist during interrogation, Val and Evangeline stepped out to clear their heads. Doris sought out Michael Arden's expertise, and in a surprise connection with Ben's spirit, they learned that Ben's sire must be very powerful, and were led to the ritual site, a dilapidated community recreation center that Everett heard had frightened even the loyalists. What grisly scene is the coterie about to walk into, and will they do so without backup? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. The four of you, plus Michael Arden, stand outside <laughs> an abandoned recreation center outside of town deciding what is the next step down this path. It has been pitched to go inside. There may be an elder in there. You've heard there may not be. You don't know. Mm. The idea has also been presented to get the clans involved with this rec center. Didn't that man on the phone just talk about a room being filled with blood? Hence they've been in there, hence nobody attacked them when they were in there, sir? Yeah, yeah, he's right. I'm not worried about the presence of hostile vampires per se. I'm not saying it's a non-existent chance, I'm saying they've been in there and they got out in one piece. And we've heard from a reliable source that the head honcho or whatever left. So... My concern is, with all of that freaky magic stuff in there, I don't know what'll happen to us while we're in there. I don't know if it's dormant, if it's broken, if it's primed and ready to do whatever it was going to do, or if it's already done. What I do know is that getting the clans behind us to come on out here is going to take time. And I don't know how cooperative they're going to be, but it's an idea I honestly hadn't considered. So what do y'all think? Asking for help. I think the two of us, and she's going to nod at Arden, should go in first, you know, with all of the questions you have about magic. Without 
any clan back up or even us. I mean, do you really think that uh, Madre's going to be able to parse through the intricacies of a latent magical spell? I'm worried about all kinds of people walking through my crime scene. I'm worried about not knowing who to trust. I'm worried about how deep into New Haven the children of Lilith have infiltrated. The only people I know, without a shadow of a doubt I can trust, are all y'all. You're proving With the exception of Mr. Arden. Sorry, Mr. Arden, I'm still... Working on it. That's fine. You're proving my point, sir. I'm just saying let the two magic users go in first to make sure that nothing's going to magically explode. I know I'm proving your point here. I'm just spinning wheels. You could follow close behind us. Then you would know if something was happening. I think I have a responsibility to do at least that much. If y'all are going in, I need to go with you. It's fine. I, The clan leaders, from all that stuff, I think that's further down the line. Probably have to, I mean, it looks like Horatio is probably in in tune with these uh, cult leaders and been getting possibly this fucking blood that's in here. But I think, yeah, we can just walk in and see what happens. But next steps, if we have to discuss the children of Lilith further, we should probably get all the clans on board with that. They ought to know sooner than later anyway that the threat from the children of Lilith is back if it ever was truly gone. Evangeline's right in the sense that I think there's an opportunity, <clears throat> a beautiful opportunity to unite the rest of the clans against the Malkavians. If indeed the people who took Troy, that coughing person, and the coughing yeah. person who uh, took the dead men are the same person, it means that they're all in league with each other. I knew I remembered something about a coughing person you're right so if the children of lilith are involved with horatio sundrop that's what what is the phrase two frogs a pebble uh two, good two birds with one stone doris <sighs> that's right i'm trying to think what michael arden would say and i think his brain is just yeah. a little bit melting all right so we all gonna just Walk in together with this one. Well, yeah. Realistically, I'm the only one of us who's been involved in a Children of Lilith ritual, so yeah, I should, I should go in. Then we're all going in. Yep. Right. Just so I understand, we want to overthrow the leader of the Malkavians. They're, it's all sort of connected with the pyramid. Leader of the Malkavians may have been compromised. May even have been compromised by the children of Lilith. And you want to eliminate that whole clan along with the pyramid? We no, want to eliminate no. the pyramid. Uh, we want to salvage the Malkavians. Okay, that makes more sense. But it was said birds and frogs and stones. Yeah, sorry. You're coming into like the middle of something. And also <laughs> Doris's metaphors can sometimes get a little tricky. I wasn't agreeing. I was just explaining the metaphor. But would you agree? I, we're not getting rid of all the Malkavians. Yes, continue. All right, let's do this. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to be clear on what my purpose was. All right, if we keep standing here, I'm going to blow my brains out. So let's go. <laughs> right. Let's do some magic. Uh, and he's going to lead the way in. Uh, I think it's time for Sense the Unseen from both of us. Yay. So what are we rolling for Sense the Unseen, Doris? Uh, wits and Auspects. I'm going to rouse. One success. And he has 
three successes. Nice. So you're, you're, you're working your way through mm-hmm. uh, and you're not finding anything. For you, you're feeling like your magic is tapped out. This is a strange area. Mm-hmm. Like you're not sure what you're seeing, what you're missing. Like it just, it feels off. For Michael, he's walking through the place confidently just going, no, no, <laughs> nothing. Well, we can be in lockstep behind them then looking with eyes and looking around. We need to find the locker room. Yep. So you work your way through and you find a massive gymnasium space, the two basketball courts in length parts of the ceiling have caved in and collapsed you're seeing destroyed seating like it's very much a building that was ill cared for and seems almost like a hurricane came through you're Mm. not sure what led to this level of damage but you've seen considerable damage to a lot of the buildings around this area as you keep moving in you see signs for a locker room which is just after the gymnasium or there there are signs leading down stairs to a pool in the basement didn't they say that they were holding them in the pool? Yeah, but we're not going past the locker room without checking it out. I agree. That's where the ritual is. All right. One more uh, scan or whatever it is y'all do. Come on. Damn it. Nothing. There's nothing. If you're good to go, Michael Arden just stands aside. He's, he's again, not a cop. Not trained no, for any of this. Yep. Just letting you know. Just there's wanted to know yep. if, cool. if we traps. would yeah. get possessed or whatever. But yeah, so now it's looking for more mundane kind of evidence of mm-hmm. what's going on. Great. So what's your order going in through the door? Everett would want to go first. Mm-hmm. Then Val's right behind Everett. I pull out, um, you know, those little, uh, they're, they're almost like little balloons. And they're for like to go on dog's feet to like keep mm-hmm. them dry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put those on Percy so he doesn't like step in blood and make prints and, Clever. you know, accidentally lick up blood and stuff when he's cleaning yeah, his Yeah, Michael Arden's going to look at you and say, I'm going to stay out here. Do you want the dog to stay with me? No, he can come with me. I've got projection for his paws. He's he's okay. Thanks. Okay, he'll still leave marks in blood if it's wet. Yeah, we all will. We're all walking in. I, I understand. Fine. Here, here. You can take good boy here. Okay. Good, Good boy. boy. Okay. Good boy. You you stay here. You see it. Yeah. Percy, just step on my footprints, okay? Hey, good boy. And Michael seemed to get along, so <sighs> training works. Uh, and you all go in through the door. Imagine you're at the back, bringing yeah, a tail end indoors. Yeah, I think she's doors. kind of just going through the door, just kind of like looking at her hands, slightly disappointed. Great. Does anyone have, I'm imagining, flashlights or something like that? I we figure, talked about them yeah. being on the belt, so it's pretty mm-hmm. standard yeah. for uniform. Pops so up. as you go in, you find a room where the lights, some of them are smashed and are hanging down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no power in any of it. The lockers along the edges of the room are still in place. The lockers on the interior of the room have clearly been knocked over sideways to create a, a larger, more hostile space. Can everybody roll me a wits and awareness? Oh, messy successy. Four successes. Two. A one on the hunger die, but no others, thank Mm. goodness. One, two, three, four, five successes. Nice. Five successes. Messy successy. Two? Two. Four. Four. All right. Evangeline, you come in, and for you, you're seeing the the stains of blood. You're seeing blood poured all over the place. You're seeing Mm -hmm. the cauldron in the center of the room. This is triggering a lot of memories for Mm -hmm. you, and that allows you to see and confirm that this is very similar to that kind of space for you, but you're not seeing any deeper things on this first pass of the room. Okay. 
Everett and Val. You are seeing a lot of blood. This is in some way similar to the site that you had found in Costas's wood shop. Mm -hmm. uh, you are seeing a large cauldron at the center of the space. It has been liberally drenched in blood to the point where it is dried, to the point where it is so thick that you cannot tell the kind of metal that is inside this cauldron. And the blood has sprayed the ceiling alongside it, the floor. Based on your understanding of forensics and what you have seen, this is weeks worth of blood being spilled in very large amounts in this room. <sighs> I'm sorry, Ryan. Do I recall if we determined the nature of the ritual surrounding the cauldron and all of that blood the first time it was a combination of blood being sacrificed basically it's from what you know from what evangeline saw mm -hmm. to specifically frame mm -hmm. this it seemed to be more just a ritualistic way of drawing blood that was then used by the vampires themselves the original cult of lilith was drawing uh, was extinguishing the vitae within right. people's bodies that. They were also yeah. producing blood for themselves to drink and to fuel for magic. It seems like there's a ritual significance placed upon blood drawing by the children of Lilith beyond traditionally just feeding. They seem to really make a show out of these kind of things. And they also, from what you've seen of them not breathing and things like that, they seem to make a show of not being human. Seems to be another big part of their mystique and their determination. Right. You've never seen a high-ranking member of the children of Lilith breathe. Right. And you know that that's something you have to either have lived thousands of years for or actively trained out of yourself because... As a vampire, it's actually a survival skill to keep essentially going through the motions of that without yeah. having to think about it. Uh, as you look, you do find two ritual knives set on red velvet pillows that are also caked in <sighs> filth and dried gore at this point. Uh, jagged bladed on one side and along the other, a very clean cutting edge with a hook at the top. <sighs> Doris, mm. you come into this space and... You've realized that your sense of the unseen was not functioning anywhere else because this room contained so much darkness and magic. What you are seeing is the history of what has happened in this room. Ooh. And it is coming to you in a very dark vision a la kind of the Lord of the Rings ring vision where it's all kind of flashing yeah. and different. And you are seeing over the course of what you would assume to be weeks worth of behavior with the sheer number of overlapping images are people being brought in by vampires and sacrificed and bled into the cauldron. And then people being brought in by other people who are being clearly compelled to be held over the cauldron and sacrificed. And then people starting to willingly carry people in. And then people starting to do the sacrifice with vampires watching. And then people starting to do the sacrifice on their own quite gleefully. And then you see... The final image of your your whole stretch here is Ben Chris Gouter two nights ago coming into this room and killing three people in a row and then being embraced and killing the fourth in a celebratory manner with great joy. Embraced? Like also hugged? used as turned. They use oh. both terms in vampire. Right. Capital E. <laughs> right. Great. Have all that. Awesome. Uh, Can you roll me a wits and awareness? Yes. Within this vision. Mm. Four successes. Four successes. You see the right hand and you see the chosen ones who would come in who are clearly vampires. They are dressed in black tailored suits. They wear black gloves. The followers wear a full headed black leather mask with a demon face on the front of it that can tie <sighs> shut. So you really only get a sense of build in general. This okay. outfit is designed to hide personal 
features and designed to hide gender and all of these things to just kind of be a monster of the night. For the right hand themselves, you see that they are a, a shorter, stockier build. They are wearing a veil. You cannot make out their face through this, but you can tell from that and the suit that they are wearing that they are a more heavyset, stockier mask person. Mask? Pers- Masculine person. Oh, got it. Uh, if you were to, to go on the femme to mask scale, they are on the, the masculine side. They're also wearing a mask. It's a complicating say, yeah, room. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, this is my bad. But <laughs> you you can you would lean towards uh, odds are this is a male or mask leaning individual. Okay. Cool. You don't hear anything during any of this. It's just a visual experience for you. Got it. Um, okay. Then, yeah, I think if anybody saw her, she would like go absolutely still and her eyes would just kind of open and you just see her eyes just moving like all around jerkily as if she's watching all of these things. And for some reason, her hair is just slightly blowing in the <laughs> wind a little bit. Um, and she's stuck like that for like 30 seconds. And then she just kind of sits down on the floor and just kind of closes her eyes and clasps her hand in front of her and just starts like shuffling a tarot deck out of, you don't know why. She doesn't even know why. I think she's just doing this like as like a, it's a comfort thing. And it's also like, maybe if I do a tarot reading right now, it's going to give me cool information because I'm really tapped into this really fucking weird place. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Let's go for a tarot reading. Oh, dope. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's, I think, ooh, she would want to do not past, present, future. I think, um, no, it would just be a future card. I think she wants to like tap into this, uh, this right hand kind of the, the intentions of the place and see if she can sense where they might be going. Great. Let's roll. I, I will say wits and blood sorcery this time, just because you are in the yes. midst of a magically fueled nice. vision. Mm-hmm. Come on. Ah, uh, that's three. Three. Oh no, that's uh two because I rolled two ones. So three successes total. Mm. You rolled two ones. So it's one success. It's one success. Fuck yeah. Uh, you draw. An inverted scarecrow. Mm. <laughs> what are you guys looking at me for? Who amongst you? you? Yeah, I know. That's who you are. I know. I just don't want to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Inverted scarecrow. Doris, and... you only have one scarecrow in your deck. Ah! What? You gave it to Everett. I gave it to Everett. Mm-hmm. Why is it here? Why is it here? <laughs> Oh my god. Are you speaking? No, 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 no. no. Because she is we can we can check on something. (gasps) Yes. Well, that's what she's gonna do. I think her eyes are gonna fly open and she's gonna hold it up and say, Everett, take off your hat. Uh looking around like uh uh, all right, can I can I ask why? And she'll just flip the card over and you'll see the you'll see a scarecrow in her hand. Upside down. Yeah. Oh, do you want you want your other one back? All right. Take the hat off and assuming that the card it will be inside the hat. Great. You look inside the hat yeah. and you see a card that shows death on it. <gasps> the traditional hooded death with a scythe. Uh my, mine's the Grim Reaper. <laughs> exactly. So what is that like you 
You made him switch like it's a magic trick, because Doris, now, now is not the time. No, sir. What, was like real magic, like the mesmerizing and the tracking this guy here kind of stuff? Yes, sir. Well, what does it mean? I don't know. But it's not good. This place isn't good. Do you want this card back, or is this not your card anymore? Just, just, get, 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 give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me. Here you are. All right, she'll, all right. Take it um, and just kind of slam it back in the deck and just put it back in the folds of whatever she's wearing. And um, <laughs> You've got like a holster on your belt great. like you do for oh a gun, God, but you have one for a tarot. Holster, yeah, that's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I've never had this happen before. That's a lot of firsts for you in a very short amount of time. Why is the scarecrow upside down? Why is death in your hat? Just flip him the other way. Or it's, is that not that's how? That's not how it works. All right. Sorry. I thought I knew things. I know I don't. Uh, are you with us? Are you good to carry on, Doris? I'm with you, but I'm scared for you. Well, we're all going to look out for each other, aren't we? If Allison rack a shotgun, children of Lilith aren't killing another one of our fucking sheriffs. I feel safe. I feel good with y'all looking after me. So let's get to the bottom of this and make sure the children of Lilith don't hurt anyone else. Doris, as they continue investigating the room and are theoretically preparing to leave, having found the evidence that they found, unless there's something else specific anyone is doing um i mean it's yeah we're here for like an initial almost like an impact kind mm -hmm. of impression obviously there's going to be like massive fucking follow-up and red tape yeah you said that you said the, you said the scene and and all of that yeah. yeah but for now yeah i think it's time to move on to the pool we've come in here it's the it's the sacrifice room it's the ritual room mm -hmm. we are vaguely familiar with the ritual Yep, it all matches. Doris, hmm. do you tell them about any of the visions that you've had of things that are occurring in this room? Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how she would do it. Uh, I think... Okay, yeah, no, okay, this mm. is how she does it. Um, I think uh, she's going to pull a piece of paper out of another place on her belt, and she's just going to start drawing a series of pictures... Uh, of the pictures that she saw in her vision, they're not very good. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost just like like a comic, like a storyboard kind of thing, where it's just like a series of pictures. It's almost like she's drawing you a little comic script. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end, it's the 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 chosen one, and it's three demon faced demons, and she's just gonna kind of. Like she's still seated on the floor and she's drawing and she looks like a little kid and all of a sudden she just kind of like holds it up to you, Everett, and just says, uh, this is what I saw. Make it but what you, what you will. Okay, Can so. you roll me <laughs> a dexterity and blood sorcery? Mm -hmm. Normally you draw and it's a longer performance to try to see how something comes across, but this is a moment inspired by magic. So I think it's more likely to be magically fueled than mm. just you making art. Fun. Okay. Maybe <laughs> neat. It's eight. Yes. Ooh. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Mm. Nice. It is drawn exactly the way she saw it. So it is ultra clear to okay. you. Okay. Uh, wow. Doris, this is really good. Um, have you seen this? Is this something you've 
you've witnessed? Just now? Just now as we came into this room, you saw this, these images. Oh, yes. I see, and this is, uh, is this Ben down here? Killing a, uh, 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 a fourth person? Yes. And this is the right hand, and the right hand's, uh, chosen. Yes, sir. This is, uh, uh, very detailed. I can't speak to how accurate it is only because I haven't seen them, but that looks like Ben, so it's this exactly ought accurate, to look sir. like what these individuals look like out here in the real world, right? Yes. Well, this is, this is invaluable. This is, uh, this is going to serve as, this could, this could be on a, a wanted poster. This is a great start. Thank you. Fold that up. This is like supremely crucial and just keep that uh, uh, in his in his jacket pocket. I have to go like check my cards. Are are you uh, are you done for the night? Just just outside. I have to go outside. Uh, Watch your hat. And she's just gonna sort of stand up. Uh, you're, I'm not letting you go out there alone. Uh, where this is the outskirts of New Haven, it is technically not New Haven. Fine, I will stand with Michael Arden. All right. Everyone else, uh, we're heading to the pool. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, children of the night. It is I, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. I used to host the blood and syrup, but now I spend all of my time in the Dum Dums and Dragons Patreon. Yes, for just the cost of one dollar, one, ah, ah, ah. You can join the Patreon, get into the Discord, and talk to other fans about everything that's happening in your favorite shows. Alternatively, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds. You can add names and locations to the shows, or at the $25 level, you can even create your own NPC of darkness, or light, or whatever various lighting solution you want. You create your character, and they appear in one of our shows, causing all forms of shenanigans, and your name ends up in the credits. It's a pretty sweet deal. In any case, join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, ah, ah. Spooky. So three of you head down the stairs into the pool area in the basement. There are two pools. There is a larger full-sized pool to the left, and then there is a, like, shallow slash kids pool area to the right. They both have their own locker rooms, and then they have large kind of double doors that you can push through to enter. Which way do you go? Um, I think Everett would go for the larger pool. Mm-hmm. 
I'm imagining everyone's sticking together. That's sticking together. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Well, I didn't hear it, but it was relayed to me, I imagine. It was <laughs> one referenced that, that, in that the... That, that uh, yeah. Ben talked about, right? Yep. As you make your way in, uh, you you enter into the area with flashlights up and you see that the Olympic-sized swimming pool, this massive pool, is empty. It is completely dry. It is also completely fenced in by chain link fence at the top of which are rows upon rows of barbed wire. Inside, you can see the remnants of food and trash on the ground. You can see a couple of buckets that have been used for for Mm -hmm. biological purposes. Uh, It is a disaster in here and it is clear that the only gate in and out of this place that is ringed with enough barbed wire to keep it nobody coming through it on their own, but if it were unlocked to allow people in and out, leads out and towards these stairs. Right. So this is the pen he was talking about. Yes. You would guess based on what you're seeing of this area and of the evidence, you could store a lot of people in this place Fuck. that couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And from Fuck. what he'd mentioned, you can look up and see, yeah, they could just toss food over and down. And based on mm-hmm. the stuff you're seeing on the ground, it seems like that's probably what they did. Food <sighs> and blood and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I gave them food and water. There's uh there's organization at work here. There's, this is now infrastructure. I mean, they came in and built the fence around the pool. This is, God, where are we? We're in the outskirts of the Malkavian Quarter, right? Yeah. Now that's what I, never made sense about the investigation in the first place. How could a death cult like this become so organized and be able to set traps? Never mathed out. So, we know that Horatio Sundrop never seemed quite the same after the attack at the uh, council meeting. Yeah. So, you know, let's walk through the, the beats here. He's been compromised. He cooperates as a clan leader and the leader of a quarter of New Haven's territory. Mm-hmm. He gives out resources and figures out a spot that no one's really going to notice the comings and goings of the people collecting these children of Lilith, the victims at first, and then the acolytes as they come out. I mean, I know he's not in his right mind, According to this theory, but he's, according to Camarilla law, he's guilty. Yeah. He's. And after the massacre, he stopped giving resources to all those Malkavians he was hiding. And he had the resources and wherewithal to hide those and feed them. Right. The money came here. Money for uh, any number of things. I mean, obviously no one's living in luxury here, but still there's. Obvious signs of work being done here, resources being put to work in. So we know that Horatio Sundrop leaves his building in the Malkavian Quarter at the big early in the evening, hands out blood packs, and then we don't know if this is the routine every time, but he walks into an alley and gets in into into an SUV. I think we need to get a black. SUV. And I think we're very close to bringing in the other clan reps on this. 
But if we do, that forfeits Horatio's life. There's no deprogramming. There's no redemption. He's dead. If we catch him, I don't know what we can do for him, but my first choice is not to kill him. Val, can you roll me... Uh, Val and Evangeline, actually, because you're both a part of this conversation. Uh, Val, can you roll me a Wits and Streetwise Kindred? Mm -hmm. And Evangeline, can you roll me a Wits and Politics? That's just Wits. Uh, Okay, then let's... uh, Wits and Investigation. Okay. Because you've dealt with these things before in journalism. I'm trying to think of the ways to spread these skills around to be like the appropriate angle and the way your character would approach these problems. It's just two successes for me. Okay. What is exactly is Evangeline like why, looking why are you for? Me? No, I'm just wondering because my kind of journalism thing was always in like academics. I had like an investigation kind of thing under academics, and that was kind of like how she had studied and yeah, I think, things. I think you use the use the bonus if you got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you got an academic bonus, then whatever you whatever yeah. you realize, if anything, will be academically minded. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's better. Thank you. Oh, that's not great. That's one success. One success. Evangeline, this checks out to you. You'd rather Horatio not die too if he's just being forced to do things. Val, with two successes, you are aware um, the sheriff's office has the power to do anything. Mm. And at this point, you have a lot of things that suggest that this could be Horatio. But you don't have anything definitively tying Horatio to this place. Yeah. The evidence right now is very circumstantial, which means if you go to the clan leaders with something circumstantial, there is a chance that this gets turned around against the department because you don't have political backing right now. Nobody's going to go out on a limb for you. Mm-hmm. That's just what you're aware of. Doesn't yeah. mean you have to say anything. Doesn't mean it affects this conversation in any way. It's just you have enough Camarilla experience to know these things. Yeah. Um, the thing is, you're right. We need more information. We need to figure out how Horatio may be tied to this, but we don't have anything hard. And we can't go around flinging accusations. Madre already got worried that the other clans would think badly of her since this shit went down outside and then we went directly talking to her. Here's the thing, even just talking to people, everybody watches, everybody talks. The politics are really intense right now. If we give the clans an enemy like the children of Lilith to point at, that's easy. If you're telling them another clan leader did it, they're all going to start pointing fingers at each other. So we need something clean if we take it to them, or we need to just keep this under our hat and <sighs> investigate. I want to go the route of evidence-based deductions. That's what I prefer. I don't have a head for this political stuff. but That's obvious. So... Yeah, I want that too. I hope time permits us to gather the evidence. We might need to do something else like making deals with people doing favors to get that political backing instead of, I know, especially me, I know, I can't just accuse someone of a crime and have anyone believe me. I I got like, I got like a month experience being the sheriff and I've fucked it up enough times that nobody really trusts me. So I know the case needs to be pretty rock solid. So let's check the uh, 
kids' pool and see if we can find anything else. We're gonna we're gonna cordon all this off and have the day team do a, go through this like a fine with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, I think having more eyes on this that we can trust. It's just damn. If that, we can unravel this all the way back, we still don't know that right how hand we got there to begin with. That right hand was here earlier tonight. Yeah. He was walking around here, changing people. And Doris is right. Some of the last shit the other fucking children of Lilith creep said was threatening you. So, we'll have to make sure that doesn't fucking happen. The death card? Well, that, but I mean, before they knocked you out, you know, death will come to you, Sheriff, all that shit, remember? Yeah. I don't like it. I don't necessarily mind it. Uh, Let's check out this other pool. So you all turn to go check out the other pool. Meanwhile, upstairs, Doris, you're in the hallway with Michael Arden and good boy. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted to check your deck of cards. Is there anything else you want to do? What, what's I happened? have a question that I need to ask you before I forget to ask it. Um, what's um, Horatio Sundrup's body type? Horatio is a stocky Danny DeVito meets Zachary Quinto type. Yeah. Thank you for asking that, Claire. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. I, I, yeah. Got it. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to write stocky Horatio. (laughs) (laughs) Underline it with some stars. Um, You have seen him. That is what he looks like. Indeed. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I, I, I think she'll look at him and say, um, how much experience do you have with cards? I don't use a lot of cards. I focus on blood magic, but I'm interested to learn from you. Well, here's the thing. It's tricky business. I gave my boss this card, and she'll hold up the scarecrow right side up, earlier today. Mm-hmm. And then just now, I drew it this side up mm. from my deck, and he had death under his hat. That is a bad sign it's a bad sign right normally death is good but in this case looking at the context cues it's bad it's upside down yes it's bad an inverted protector yielding death yes this is where the cards are tricky i don't think it means that he's going to kill people though i would support him if he did That is right and just. I believe in the Camarilla. Yes. And he's against a pyramid. So we have to believe in him. Perfect. But also, that means that people are trying to kill him specifically, perhaps. Or the city, because he's a representative of the city. Or the department, because he leads the department. So someone's trying to kill the city. That's very existential. The city as a whole, the city of its people, the foundations. I think if you remove the people, the foundations would become something else. Rebel? So, if the children of Lilith destroy the people... 
then these are just stones in the sand. And they're doing it through the Malkavians. And you lost me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've lost myself. Hmm. Are you astrally projecting? I can help with that. (laughs) Can you? (laughs) Are you astrally projecting? No, your body is moving normal. No, but I'd love to know how. We can work on this. Yes. I will share my magic with you if you teach me the cards. I will teach you the heart of the cards. Oh my god. Excellent. (laughs) Great. So you have a celebratory moment of knowing you get to teach someone the cards, but also that there may be someone trying to kill all of New Haven. Correct. Mm. Meanwhile, downstairs, uh, you are all crossing <laughs> from one pool area into the other. Everett, I'm imagining you're in the lead. Yeah. With Val next. Mm-hmm. With Evangeline last. Everett, and can you Percy. Roll- and Percy, of course, wearing his little booties. He looks yep. so cute. <laughs> Everett, can you roll me a wits and awareness? Uh, four. Four. You realize as you start opening the door that it smells terrible in there. And using your flashlight, you can see the pool is full of corpses. Do you want Evangeline to go into this room? Uh, I'll close the door again uh, and say, um, uh, Officer Clark, could you... Uh, can you go see how Doris is doing? Uh, Evangeline, can you roll me? <laughs> a, I was going to say a wits <laughs> and uh, streetwise. <laughs> can you read his police code? <laughs> let's, let's see. Wits. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> That's All right. Then for no, you, it no just seems like ask. a weird ask. Because um, you were already leaning towards that, I think. But Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. Um, Evel, you uh, you can't come back down here without radioing first. It is bad on the other side of this door. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Sheriff. She she doesn't want to ask more. I mean, her <laughs> knowing vampires is to like. It's probably worse than her imagination. So let's just leave it at that. Smart. Yeah. And you go upstairs to join Doris and uh, and Michael. Val, yep. you and Everett are left. Yep. Okay. You ready, Miller? Yep. Now look, the pool and the locker room, we got a heads up on thanks to Ben's uh, final confession. Ben never went in this room. Right. Now, I still assume this place is well and truly abandoned, but watch out for traps. Watch out for movement because it's a it's a charnel house in there. Yeah. No, we got to make sure to clear it before we send anyone else in here. Yeah. All right. Uh, And I'll draw my revolver and have my flashlight on my other hand and then go to the door. Yep, and you both prepare to breach into the corpse room. Meanwhile, upstairs, Evangeline, you were approaching Doris and Michael. They seem very excited about learning and teaching the cards. Doris, you all right? Huh? Sheriff just asked me to check, see, make sure everything's going okay up here. I think Horatio Sundrop might be the right-hand man. 
Like the right hand of Lilith? Yes. Wait. Okay. Why? Why? Just walk me through it. Their body types and the fact that all of a sudden he has so much blood to give out to his followers and the fact that there's a coughing man in both places amongst the chosen ones in the vans and the fact that he's never been the same since the first Lilith attack. Fuck. I don't know who this Horatio Sundrop is, but he's the leader of the Malkavians. He is. But the new, the new chosen ones were all Bruja. And if the right hand is the sire of the chosen ones, how are they Bruja? Did we hear that the three mm-hmm. chosen ones were Bruja? Essentially, the right hand showed up with yeah. three vampires. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they already were chosen ones, so it's different. Yeah. Whereas yeah. there were five, there were like Ben and five others were made out of the pen. So you don't know about the three earlier. Okay. But you know the five dead ones that you found yes. and Ben were all sired by the right hand. Oh. They're all Bruja. Shit. Oh, well, there goes that plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. It's got a lot going for it. That's the one mark against it, but it might still be Hang explainable. On. Wait, do we and know, I'm also not here. Do we know anything <laughs> about, okay, say you're like, you're like a Malkavian and you like eat an older Bruja to gain more power. Would that do anything clan-wise to you in terms of like making new vampires? I don't know anything about this. I'm just spitballing. You might gain their abilities, but you would not change your own core clan. Is it, is it possible? Okay. When you sire a vampire, can can you sire a vampire with like with someone else's blood? Like if you have like someone else's blood on hand and then feed that to them. Does yes, the- you could do that. But according to your visions, that's not how it played out, Doris, because you saw right. the embrace. You don't uh, know that. Doris oh, tell I you saw that. the right hand man. You saw the right hand man embracing them. The right hand of Lilith, technically not the right hand man, but I'm going to go with this colloquially <laughs> yeah, for the sake yeah, of fun. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Oh, man, I thought I was so smart. Um, I still think you're really smart. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, I think I've run myself in circles, but I still think yeah. Horatio Sundrop is involved in this. And there's a reason that they've been getting so much blood. And what better way to get blood than to bring it back in vans from pens? Doris, could you roll me a wits and blood sorcery? Yes. Come on. One, two. You feel like there's one thing you're missing that'll put this whole thing together, but it's just not coming to you. I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, something like, this is a most intriguing puzzle, Evangeline. And... Have you ever put together a puzzle? Um, yeah, lots of puzzles. Right. Do you know when you do a puzzle and you get to the end and there's a piece missing and you think, oh, maybe the puzzle's defective. Maybe I'm defective. But it turns out that you've just been sitting on the missing piece the whole time. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I, I don't really think I'm defective when I'm... But that I get what you're saying. I feel like we're sitting on the missing piece and everything else is right. So we just have to find the missing piece. Well, maybe it's in the room that Everett and Val went into. And downstairs, Everett and Val, you kick open the door to a room full of corpses and storm in, guns drawn, hoping to find a missing piece. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of players Tyler Hewitt, Claire Blackwood, Del Borovic, and Laura Hamstra, alongside storyteller Ryan LaPlante. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ad breaks use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. For all things Dum Dums and Dice, including merchandise and how to join our Patreon, you can visit dumdumdice.com or find us on social media at dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia De Los Hoodless, Squishy Werewolf, Remy Funky Head, Nomad, the wise paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, Shulzari, Gus Schreider, The Long Family, Jordan Oliver, Richard Wright, Brittany Fenwick, Alex Parr, Old Man Mojo, Dragonfly, The Body Barrelers, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.